0: What's going on? Charles Botenston here, and welcome to the newest podcast. Hope all of you are uh, loving the podcast and everything that comes along with it, which is rambling and everything else. It is a beautiful Sunday here in New York City, 3:06 p.m. And uh, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, to be honest, I think one of the biggest things and the only reason that we don't do a lot of things, I should say, is because we are afraid of rejection. We're afraid of what someone else thinks, which was me for the longest time. You know, if you want to hear back my story, which I've pretty much said multiple times on the podcast and on uh, YouTube and whatever, but um, high school was you know kind of one of the guys cool guy that people wanted to hang out with but they were like you know that's that's pretty much it that was the extent of the relationship uh with guys they wouldn't like invite me out and go party and with the girls you know I wouldn't date the prettiest girls and everything like that so essentially I said all right I guess this is how it is you know you kind of you go into accepting how things are and then You don't know that you can make it better. So I was afraid of rejection. I always wanted to be a people pleaser. I was always one of the people that, you know, just did a little more so people can like me. I did more so people can like me. And, yeah, that's not the best way to go through life because if you want anything in life at all, if you want to be incredible at anything... If you want to be a speaker that people listen to, there's going to be a, there's going to be rejection. If you want to be a musician, if you want to be a coder, if you want to start your own company, if you want to do anything amazing in this world, you will have to at one time go through objection, go through rejection, all right? So, we'll break down first of all before you actually go into the steps and you know I'm going to do this, the first thing you have to understand is that why do we have a fear of rejection? So first of all, it is a fear because there's the the bodily response to fear. And this it could be for anything, fear of rejection, which is walking over to someone you want to talk to at a networking event or walking over to a celebrity or walking over a pretty girl or asking a guy out or whatever the case is. The reason is that we grew up in a pack of about 50 humans, and this is way back in the day, obviously tribal times, and when people think of that, they they don't relate to their bodies, their emotions, their feelings now because they say, well, it's 2017, 2018, or whatever year you're listening to this, and our body should have caught up, okay? First of all, our body is Millions of years old. Millions of years old. Okay, just to put that into perspective, the, literally the last like human that we had in in common with the uh, who are they known as the the not so human uh, whatever the not so human humans the Neanderthals or the Neanderthals is what they call it call them, 50,000 years ago, that was the last gene that kind of separated between the Neanderthals and Homo sapiens. And then if you only think back, if you really, really want to think about it, Jesus Christ, religious or not, Jesus Christ was around 2,000 years ago. That's it. 2,000 years ago. That's it. Yet we're millions and millions of years old. You know, America is what, 300 years old? And we're talking about millions of years. So when people say, well, we shouldn't have bodily responses to rejection or fear or anxiety or stress or the reason we have that is for a reason. It kept us alive. It kept us alive. But the problem is, is what kept us alive then, which was a tiger in the grass or a, or, or a snake in, in the tree, like that kept us alive. We had we needed stress in our life because if we didn't have stress, when we heard something, we would be dead. When we have stress, our body goes into fight, flight, or f- fight, flight, or freeze. And out of those three, either whatever you choose, whatever you whatever happens in the moment, is is a hundred hundred ba- percent based on everything that's literally when you hear of someone that is going through a stressful moment, people have that, and it's supposed to last, back in the day, 30 minutes max. It was really just that one quick second when you heard something and you didn't know what it was, and then, and then you went another 15, 20 minutes of like, okay, I got to make sure that everything is good. But the problem is with humans nowadays, we bring stress throughout our entire lives every second of the day. And then we wonder why we're overweight, we're we're, we're lethargic, we're, we're gray-haired, we're going bald. You know, it's like that is the response of when you have cortisol, and cortisol literally just drips into the system. It's the stress hormone. When you have cortisol just dripping into your system consistently throughout your life, that's why you have heart attacks. That's why you 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 have disease, disease of the cells, disease. It's it's not an equilibrium. So why am I bringing this up? Because we need stress, we need fear, we need these emotions. The problem is, it's running our lives. It's running what we do, how we think like our next action step. Should we make this call? Should we not make this call? So this is really what happens in your body is you think or you feel something that you wanna do. Say, make a sales call. In your mind, your mind creates this and says, we've never done this before. We don't have a reference point that we survived. We need to be fearful, okay? So your body says, we don't know if we're gonna come out alive, we don't know if we should do this, don't do it, and then he'll think of all the reasons why you shouldn't. They're going to say no, they're going to hang up on you, blah, blah, blah. That in of itself taps into a completely different area of your life. So when you actually feel that you shouldn't do something because of the actual uh, outcome that could happen, hang up or whatever and I go back to the beginning, which is 50 humans that we lived with. If you were exiled out of the tribe, if you were exiled out of your family, if you screwed up, you're dead. So we're social creatures. What does that mean? Social creatures, people say, you know, like we. it's such a cliche to hear social creatures. The reason we're social creatures is that back in the day, if you if you messed up, if you if you impregnated someone, or if you were unhealthy, or you were unable to fight, or you were, I don't know, any anything that did not bring the tribe value, you were exiled. You were banned. You were not allowed. And if you went out into the wilderness by yourself, you are dead. You were dead. There's no way that you would have survived because. You didn't have a map. There's no GPS. You had a way of the land of where there's food and everything else. But there's no protection from animals, the weather, nature, other tribes. You had no way to procreate. You had no reason to be alive if you got banished. So that is the whole fear of what are they going to think? What if I'm shamed? What if I do this publicly and it doesn't go well? What if I approach that pretty girl and she says no in front of everyone? That is the fear of of being abandoned essentially in the in the tribal terms before that because we don't have a reference point so a reference point I mean that you cross the street and you survived or you jumped in a pool and you survived so your body that's what it breaks it down it it goes living or or dead there's no real in between it's like it's like when you first jump into a pool, you think i've never done this be-, or this is your body speaking i've never done this before. I have no idea what to expect, and this could go wrong i don 't want to do it, don't do it. you could die that's what happens in your body, and listen, obviously, the thoughts are totally different or the emotions that happen and all the chemicals that go throughout your body. But you have to understand one thing is fear is necessary all right now that we have that out of the way, you have to understand fear because if you don't understand fear, which I didn't for probably 26 years of my life, then you don't you don't know why it comes up. You don't know how to handle it when it comes up. That's the thing is that when you fe- when you know that what you're going to do is not life or death, one way to get over it is just say I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, most people think is I'm fearful, and that's what they think. I'm fearful. But if you think I'm excited, I'm ready to go. Take this task on. And you go and you do it. Sure enough, you get a reference point. I did this and I came out and I survived. And your body says, okay, approaching a pretty girl, not a big deal. Speaking to this audience, not a big deal. Presenting in front of your classroom, not a big deal. And this is the thing is, if you start doing that consistently and you don't just have a one-off experience, literally you're going to make fear your bitch. You're gonna make fear something that you control instead of it controlling you. So let's go on to how I control fear. Number one is you have to understand that your self worth stays intact. This is what a lot of people do. You know, this could be you, this may not be you, but either way, is that you have to understand that when someone says no, When someone says, when someone hangs up, when someone makes fun of you, when they don't include you into the tribe or into the group or into the event or whatever the case is, you have to know that your self worth is amazing. Because the problem is, is what we think is I was rejected, I wasn't good enough. I was shut down by that girl or people booed my presentation. I am not good enough. So they, they think that because they called someone, they presented or they did anything, that that whole event, that whole outcome, if someone didn't buy from them or they got shut down or whatever the case is, they tie that into their self-worth. So their whole self-worth is tied into the outcome that they can't control. You can't control what a girl says to you. You can't control if someone on the other line wants to buy from you. You can influence as much as you can, but you can't control their decision, okay? That's, that, that, that is, you just can't. You can't have everyone in this world like you. Look at the president of the United States. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter when it was, 50% of the country will not vote for you and 50% of the country will vote for you, okay? You just have to get a little bit more votes in the states that matter and you will be president of the United States. Hear that again, 49% of the country will not like you nor vote for you, yet you can become part of the free enterprise of the United States and be the president. That's insane. So number one is, Self-worth intact. Number two is be detached from the outcome. Care enough that you present well, but that your actual... So I talked about your self-worth before. But the thing is, you can even go even a step further, which says, I am detached from the outcome. So if the outcome is yes, no, hang up, screw you, don't call me again, blah, blah, blah. Be detached from that outcome. Okay. Regardless of what happens, a yes, a no, and then like I said, number one is leave your self worth intact. Number three, be unemotional and analytical towards the results. So this is this is a YouTube video that I'm going to be putting out soon. Is number one is what we think is we th- that if we make ten sales phone calls. That, that we should get results. But the problem is we don't have enough of a sample size. So this is it. If you approach one pretty girl a day or you ask one guy out a day or you make 10 sales calls or you present in front of three or four prospects a week, whatever the case is, you have to have analytical numbers that dials it down so you're not actually emotionally attached to the phone calls. What you do is you say, I know out of every 10 phone calls I make, I'm going to get three appointments. From every three appointments, I'm going to make one sale. So you say, when you're making 10 phone calls, you say, I'm just looking for those three appointments and I'm looking for that one sale and that's it. So the seven that say screw off, you're like, okay, great. You know, so you make it an actual analytical game. Okay, you make it an analytical game. You approach one pretty girl a day or you ask one guy out a day. You'll dial that down and say, I'll get two dates a week. So you actually each approach that you go up and you talk to someone or each presentation in front of a prospect, you have the hard numbers. Don't just leave it up to chance. Don't just say, oh, I'll make five calls today. I'll make three phone calls tomorrow. Say I'm going to make 10 every single day. And then from those 10, I'm probably going to get three appointments and one will actually buy. Okay. So you make it analytical which removes the emotion, which removes the outcome, which removes your self-worth tied into the outcome. All right? Moving on is I already said be detached from the emotion or I'm sorry, be detached, well, be detached from the emotion, but be detached from the from the outcome. And I'll take it a step further is accept the outcome. Accept the response. Accept what happens. If they hang up with hang up on you, if they say screw off, if they say yes, if they even if there's good things behind it, be detached from it. Okay? Accept everything that happens. You can't control their response. You can't control their response. So what you can do is completely accept what the response is. Be like, okay. And that's the thing is that when you, are, when you completely accept the response and you say, oh, okay, you know, not a big deal. Do you understand the amount of power that that gives you? So in other words, before you're saying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to control their response. And if their response is anything but what I want, I'm going to feel bad, okay? That's how most people go throughout sales or any kind of rejection. But this is really the process that needs to happen. Number one is you present as well as you can, care that you are presenting as best as you could. That's what you care about, is I want to do the best job at presenting that I can in front of this prospect, in front of this person, in front of this network, or in front of this pretty girl or this guy or whatever the case is. And then leave it, you leave it up to their, whatever they say, yes or no, And you are completely accepting of it. And when you say, I choose, very important that I use those words. I choose to accept whatever comes at me. That is so empowering. You have no idea. From now on, just use those words. I choose to eat This food. I choose to wake up. I choose to go to the gym. I choose to set my alarm clock for 5 a.m., 6 a.m., whatever the case is. Say that even in the negative. I choose to have this chocolate cake instead of this chocolate cake entered my body and now I have high inflammation because of the sugar and everything. No, No, no. I choose, I chose the chocolate cake. All right. And here's the last part is about celebrate everything. This is almost probably the most important thing is that you have to celebrate when you make a phone call. You have to celebrate that you're walking towards someone at a networking event. You have to celebrate that you're getting on stage to present in front of 5,000 people or 500 people or you have to celebrate before you walk up and present in front of your classroom and say, I'm going to do an amazing job. I'm going to do, I am excited. I'm going to do an amazing job and celebrate, like literally congratulate you. And then when you did it, when you do it, doesn't matter the response, doesn't matter if you get a standing ovation, doesn't matter if the girl says yes, or the guy says yes, or they buy or whatever the case is, give yourself another standing ovation. Give yourself another round of applause because you deserve it. You celebrate before and you celebrate after. Okay, you're celebrating twice. What does that do? That actually inside your, your, your neural pathways in your brain, instead of your brain saying this is fearful, I don't know if we should do this, you actually celebrate that you're doing this and then when you do it, you celebrate again and then your body says, hold on, wait, what the heck? Why are we celebrating this? And then over the course of a month or two months or three months or four months, whatever the case is, it's now a habit. And you're now celebrating and you're excited to actually do what you need to do. Okay. Rejection isn't easy. All right. But you have to reframe the best people in any industry, whether you're a athlete, whether you're uh, an actor, it doesn't matter. Every single person has gone through rejection. It's how you frame the rejection. So number one is you have to say, I'm excited. So get excited. Number two is... Your self-worth, leave it intact. Your confidence, leave it intact, okay? It has nothing to do with your self-worth. It has nothing to do with your confidence or you as a person. How they respond, you have no control over, which is essentially detached, which is number two, detached from the outcome. We're detached from the response. Number three is accept. Not only are you detached, but accept The response. I choose to accept the response, good or bad. Number four, unemotional and analytical towards the results. You need to get analytical. When I approach 10 guys, I will get five appointments and three of them will buy from me. Or when I approach 15 pretty girls to get their number or to go on a date with me, Eight of them will say maybe, seven will give me their number, three will actually go out, and one of them may become my girlfriend or whatever the case is. But you have to go analytical, which actually removes the emotion. And number five, which is probably the most important thing, is celebrate before you go up and present or talk or call or whatever the case is. You do whatever you're doing, presenting, calling, pitching, presenting, and then you celebrate again. So You're celebrating twice. And out of that, I can't tell you how much your fear and how much your, your actual relationship, this is actually more important, how much, more of, how much better of a relationship you'll have with rejection, okay? Because rejection is really, it could be they're having a bad day, you're not their type, they already are buying a better service. They already have the service that you're selling. They already have the product you're selling. Maybe, you're, maybe what you're offering doesn't really hit on their needs. Maybe you have to change up your offer so it actually hits on their needs, okay? That's why you have to ask questions like, what can we have done differently? What can we do differently that makes this attractive to you to buy this service or this product? So have an awesome day, and it is Sunday Leave your comments below. Subscribe on Google Play and everything else. Nice short little podcast, 21 minutes. Have an awesome day. Hop over to YouTube, Instagram. Follow me on any of those. Charles Botenston. And if there's any topics that you want me to cover, definitely leave in the comments or uh, drop me a note. Talk to you guys soon. Have an awesome day.